It's Cookie Lab. Hi, and welcome to Cookie Lab. I'm Jill. And I'm Chris, and I am just giddy because this is the final Monday in August. I too am giddy, Chris, from the creation we are about to reveal. Oh my gosh. Since it's the last Monday in August, it is the last Cookie Lab for chocolate chip cookie month and so this has to be spectacular and special and it is chris it is it is because what are we revealing thanks to our listener emily right emily longtime listener asked us if we would create a chip witch a chocolate chip cookie ice cream sandwich made of Chocolate chip cookies on the outside and ice cream in the middle, and we have done it. I think we have, after a full month of testing different chocolate chip cookies and... And exhaustive internet research. <laughs> uh, consisting and... of Googling best recipe for chocolate chip cookies in a chip witch. That's right. Uh, but I, I Googled many of them and looked at them and said based on our vast knowledge of chocolate chip cookies this this won't do this won't do this won't do and we both came to the same cookie it's true we separately in our own laboratories converged upon the recipe from no less an authority than bon appetit magazine yes yes but chris did you see the one that was called if you give a blonde a kitchen yes i thought you might like that because i know you like those <laughs> if you give a moose a muffin that's right books. she'll want to bake chip witches yes and she did I made the cookies this week, and Chris made the ice cream. Yes. And there's so much to cover, we kind of have to just get right to it. Because it's a big collab, as they as the kids say these days. And it's, it's fascinating. This cookie dough was completely unlike any other chocolate chip cookie we've made for the podcast or that I've ever seen. Because it, the cookie has to be completely different. Because Right. It's not like you, you would want to eat it after school on a plate it's it has to be frozen it has to contain ice cream it has to, it right? has to pr not get mushy when it's with yeah. the with the ice cream and yeah so and it it probably shouldn't be like really crispy and crumbly because right. when you bite you into it you have to it, hold it in your hand thing. and bite it yeah right yeah who invented this delicious treat jill the original chip witch was created by two guys in new york city in 1978 they're called richard lamada and sam metzger he was a lawyer richard lamada and he got a bunch of kids students to sell them on the street from a cart for a dollar each and it went as we now say viral and they went from within two weeks they were selling 40,000 chip witches a day wow so it took off like wildfire at a buck each right and it was an independent company and uh they had some trouble getting getting money to expand to they what they could handle so then they got some uh, some investment from a swedish holding company they, they went through bankruptcy a couple of times because it's it, you know Imagine having to make 40,000 chip witches a day. I mean, I, I'm guessing it went even bigger than that. That was just it, in the first two weeks. It took us two days to make eight of them. That's right. So lots of different things happened. They got they got bought out. They got 
you you were telling me, I think, that at one point Nestle owned them and, and discontinued it. There was a period of time, ladies and gentlemen, where you could not buy a chip witch. Unle- that sounds like a sad time. Unless you knew somebody who had purchased many, many, many of them, had them in their freezers, and from... 2009 to 2017 would dole them out for $50 a chip witch. I wonder if that happened. On eBay. <laughs> <laughs> no, unless you were making them at home. And I think uh, I think people love the chip witch. And I, I think technically we can't call them chip witches because it is a trademarked it name. It is. It's currently owned by something called Crave Better Foods from Coscob, Connecticut. Coscob, how do yeah. you say it? Yeah, Connecticut, somewhere in Connecticut. And so in 2018, they started selling them again, and now they have different flavors and all kinds of things. But we are going with the original. And you know, the chip witch as we know it today is not really the original sandwich cookie. What do you mean? Ice cr- it's not the original ice cream sandwich cookie. You, you know, there's Oh, you that- mean like the ice cream sandwich that has chocolate wafer... With holes in it on either side. Exactly. So That's the OG. These guys just used a different type of cookie. And the first ice cream sandwiches were sold in the 1890s. Mm. And this sounds horrible. They were, the, the push cart vendors were selling slabs of ice cream between pieces of paper. Okay. And, the, and what, you unwrap the paper and just eat the ice cream? Yeah. And the paper is kind of an integral part of the ice cream cookie, not oh, the ice cream sandwich yeah. experience, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they called them hokey pokies and they sold them for a penny. <laughs> How cute. Yeah. And, uh, and then people tried sponge cake uh, and graham crackers and the... And these two guys must have thought, why isn't anyone doing this with... The best cookie, chocolate chip cookies. Well, even before that, Jerry Newberg of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, in 1945, came up with that chocolate sandwich ice cream cookie. Wow, so that's kind of young for something that I think of as a timeless treat. Yeah, and then uh, and then Richard um, Lamada was born in 1942, and 30 years later, about he was he was creating this sensation that we. Are about to eat. We st- we strove to recreate, and I think we did it. Yeah. So the cookie tell, involved. Yeah. Tell me about the cookie. It's just not like any cookie that you would want to make for any other reason. Really. For example, the night before, I said to myself, "Oh, I'm going to be making cookies for Cookie Lab. I better get out my butter so it can get to room temperature." And I went to check the recipe to see how much butter I would need, and the answer is zero it's Get made out. with olive oil olive oil chris no butter wow so i checked the rest of the ingredients and i saw some unusual things on there that i didn't happen to have on hand including blue agave syrup so there's no there's no white sugar in this cookie there is brown sugar but no white sugar it contains the blue agave syrup and it also called for vanilla bean paste or vanilla extract and i thought i have vanilla extract but i'm curious about the vanilla bean paste so if they have it at the store i'll get it and they did so what I is got it. vanilla bean paste it is a more viscous form of, of a similar thing it has like vanilla bean bits in it i think it's essentially 
Vanilla paste has a thicker consistency that includes specks from vanilla bean seeds. Okay. And that's that's basically it's got some some ground vanilla bean powder in it, so it's maybe maybe a slightly more intense flavor and a slightly more viscous substance. Okay. So I use that in these cookies, and then it also specifies using mini chocolate chips. Very good. A full size chocolate morsel might be too hard in I... the. I think in it's frozen form. They get really crunchy and mm-hmm. hard to hard to bite, and they taste different too. Mm-hmm. When I concocted this with our usual, I used a one to one gluten free flour. It was very wet, and when I stepped oh. away from it for a moment, it became sticky, and I had to. Uh, Did you worry? Scoop it out. No. Okay. I had to scoop it out and bake it with very specific instructions of turning it and switching the switching the trays from top to bottom. And then it came out and I cooled it on in the rack for an hour. And then they want you to... On the pan for an them. hour? Or on mm-hmm. a... Yeah. Wow. Right so on the parchment They wanted to be pan. able to... We wanted to be able to really set up where it is without mm-hmm. moving it. And then, did you, then you froze them? Mm-hmm. So that they would be ready for yes, the and then we had to talk about cream. the ice cream filling. What do you want to tell us about that? Well, the ice cream filling that we used is one that that we've been playing with in our family and in it, your laboratory. Yes, yes, and uh, we've been making ice cream now for since December. We've been making various ice creams, and we tried a number of recipes, but I don't know if you've ever had Jenny's ice cream from Ohio. I have, and it's really good. It is splendid. And so I just wanted to make a simple ice cream for the center of this. And we only use the Jenny's base for all of our is it a recipe or do you purchase jenny's base no so we make our own you make the base yes our own base which uses milk and cornstarch and heavy cream and of course sugar and that's not very different than many other recipes but it also has light corn syrup in it a little bit of salt and cream cheese Cream cheese. And no then, wonder I like it so much. And then you can add any flavoring that you want. So as our li- regular listeners know, I have made my own vanilla extract. Mm-hmm. And so we just put in two teaspoons of vanilla extract. I think we probably could have put in a little bit more. There was a little bit of discussion at the, at the laboratory about what type of vanilla extract to use. Do you mm-hmm. use the regular store-bought? Do you use the homemade? Because the homemade is made with vodka. So mm-hmm. literally, there's a little bit of alcohol. It's pretty in this two teaspoons of alcohol, much. and or, don't you think that the that the store bought stuff is made the same way? It's an alcohol base, yeah. Yeah, but also there is an artificial vanilla flavoring. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen that. It's clear. Mm-hmm. It's not amber, mm. and it's what's used when you make anything that you want to taste like a birthday cake. 
Okay. That's because that that's flavor. the vanilla flavor. So, okay. you know, did we want to use that? So this is going to be a sweet cream ice cream with a hint of vanilla. Oh, that sounds great. And do we want to tell the listeners about how I almost like veered my car off the road and had an accident when we were discussing? What happened? Oh, yes. Yes. The, a debate. Um, well, it wasn't a debate. It was like I had to like shut down. I, <laughs> listeners, here's what happened. <laughs> Chris told me he was he was he was getting ready to make to make the ice cream with the chocolate flex and I said what are you, what are you what are you talking about this is a chip which it should just have plain vanilla ice cream in it what are you talking about and I thought uh, chip witches had chocolate chip ice cream in them no you wanted to be fancy well I wanted to be fancy with the chocolate flex but I thought that they all had they had the chocolate chips throughout them Oh, you thought it was like chocolate chip ice cream and you were going to make it just a fancy version of it? Yeah, that? exactly. Okay. Exactly. Well, and, I began to question the, reality the and I had to here. Google my phone to see if there was such a thing as a chip which without just vanilla ice cream in it. And I, I, it was like, wait a minute, the moon, we didn't really land on the moon? What? It was, what it was very like. good that you were there because we would have had a totally different experience. And we want, we want the pure chip witch but you know i've seen i mean i'm I've not seen... like a chip witch purist it just it just kind of gave it just kind of made me <laughs> uh, i it wasn't what i expected uh, if you want to try that next we can try that next as i was looking at recipes there were recipes for you know peanut butter chip witches chip witches made with macarons you know you can you can get fancy we wanted to go straightforward because emily asked us to make a chip witch. Exactly. And this taste test is for you, Emily. Without further ado, we will taste the cookie. All right, here we go. Oh my God. Taste wise, I think we kind of nailed it. Oh my. It's got a good heft to it. You kind of have to bite into it, but it's not hard. It's not like. It's not like when you eat a frozen Snickers bar or something like that. Right. It's totally chewable. It stays together. It holds the ice cream. It's not mushy. Bon Appetit knew what they were talking about. It is huge. They are kind of huge. The recipe tells you to use a number 16 cookie scoop, which I don't have. That's a big cookie scoop. It said in the directions, almost a quarter cup. So I used a quarter cup for each cookie. Oh my gosh. So they're huge. And in between is just about a half a cup of ice cream. You want the ice cream to be soft enough to work with so you can scoop it and put in the cookie. And then when you roll it in the mini chips, the mini chips will stick. But if it's too soft, it'll just kind of ooze out, which is a little bit what happened to me with this one. So it's two huge cookies, mm -hmm. a generous portion of ice cream. Pretty high nice, quality ice cream. Delicious premium chocolate chips. They are Ghirardelli chocolate chips. The dogs Mini. the dogs are excited. Can you hear them? The lab assistants want some cookie. I would be excited to make this for a for a party for someone's birthday. It's fun. It is it is fun. It is impressive. I think we'd have to sell them for more than a dollar. Maybe so. I mean I guess we could try to make them smaller. What fun would that be? <laughs> The assembly was a bit, like, I kind of needed help. I needed one of my teens to be ripping off the uh, big squares of plastic wrap that I wrapped each one in individually. Because once I was holding this, like, kind of slippery 
double disc with chocolate chips and ice cream oozing out of it. I wanted to like roll quickly, wrap it up in that plastic wrap. So here's a pro tip right here. Did you pre-cut your plastic? I laid my plastic wrap down on the counter, put one cookie on that, scoop the ice cream, put the other cookie on top, had my bowl of chocolate chips right next to it, rolled it in the chocolate chips, right back on the plastic wrap, folded it up, made sure everything was in place. Chris is doing a lot of hand motions that you can't see. Ran to the freezer, put it oh, in yeah. the freezer, then I did the next one. Yeah. So it's a it, it's a quick assembly process. Gotta be quick. This is an incredible We have our, done ourselves, right? Ladies and gentlemen, if you make nothing else ever on Cookie Lab. Ever in your life. Make this. To me, it is the most satisfying treat we have made. Now, you can use regular vanilla ice cream. You don't have to make your own ice cream. Like, if you don't have an ice cream churner. Yeah, I don't. You could just go and choose your favorite vanilla ice cream. Or you could be wild and choose vanilla chocolate chip ice cream. I don't think I could. (laughs) Apparently, I'm not wild. But I really want to thank Bon Appetit for all those, all the research they did putting into making that kind of unusual chocolate chip cookie. And I want to thank our listener, Emily from Massachusetts, who suggested long ago, why don't you do chip wedges? At the dawn of Cookie Lab. Good call. Well, with a cookie this old and, you know, basically straightforward, what could we possibly be, have left to talk about after a month? Four weeks already. Of talking about chocolate chip cookies. Well, one of the things that's brand new is this agave nectar, the blue agave. You're right. Blue agave syrup. The general category is agave sweeteners. And they come from the agave cactus. And basically they squeeze the sap out of the cactus. All right. Time out. What are you? Do they have special gloves to squeeze the cactus? You don't want to squeeze a cactus. No, I think they have Seems machines. Seems like a very silly thing to do. Oh, I machine. think they have okay. machines. Yeah, oh, and okay. they boil it and they get a, a a syrup just like you would from a maple tree, except you don't have to yeah, squeeze. You don't squeeze the maple tree. You don't Chris, have to squeeze the maple tree. But the yeah. cactus have have soft, fleshy lobes and. <laughs> So why did you say it was just like getting maple syrup out of a maple tree? <laughs> because it's not like that. Okay. You get you get sap from the cactus that is similar in texture to oh, okay. the sap in so a maple So do you tree. have to boil it 40 gallons down to get one gallon of agave sweetener? You have to boil it down. I don't know what the ratio is. Okay. But you, okay. you do boil it down. And if you've seen agave sweeteners in the marketing it's usually people are usually using it as an alternative to table sugar or corn syrup or high fructose corn syrup in commercial products so there have been many health benefits attributed to these agave sweeteners and people are using them as health foods on the other side are people who say that agave sweeteners are the evil sweetener. My goodness. So what is it? Friend or foe? We will find Friend out. Friend or foe. Let's right find now. out. Right. So on the benefit side, people say that it's rich in antioxidants. Mm-hmm. They contain 
terpenoids, which we've talked about before when we did that the cardamom cookies. Okay. And in nature, these chemicals protect the plants from e- e- grazing on them or infectious germs. So people want to believe that the terpenes or the terpenoids... That that would like translate to like a human health benefit? Have a human health benefit, but that, that really hasn't been explored fully yet. Uh, there are other things such as saponins that aid in the binding of cholesterol and lowering cholesterol levels and controlling the growth of cancerous tumors. The agave syrup, they say, also contains healthy microorganisms and fiber, which aids in digestion. But I'm imagining they're boiling this stuff. Like, I, I think the microorganisms, maybe you don't yeah. want that. Yep, you're getting ahead of the the head of oh, the, oh. the story. Um, Okie dokie. They're rich in bi- vitamins, vitamin B1, B2, B6, C, K. So it's a good source of, of some vitamins. Most importantly, it has a low glycemic index. Which remind us what that is. Well, I've never, I don't even have to remind you because we've never talked about it before. The glycemic index index measures how foods affect your blood sugar level yes this is marketed as something that is safer for people with diabetes than true regular sugar right because it it prevents your blood sugar level from spiking mm-hmm. compared to other sweeteners agave has a very low glycemic index and is it the same cactus that gives us tequila yes so blue agave also is important in the production of tequila but there is not any tequila in the cookies that we made today no not at all in fact it's a completely different they're safe for your children's process so here is the truth about agave agave sweetener has 90 percent fructose right whereas regular sugar has about 50% fructose. High fructose corn syrup, which everybody freaked out about a couple of years ago. But isn't fructose just like fruit sugar? Yeah, but it's if you you can get major problems if you consume too much fructose. Okay. So high fructose corn syrup has 55 to 60% fructose. Agave is 90%. Oh, okay. If you're diabetic, People with diabetes really need to limit the use of agave sweeteners and and the, the fructose because it causes your body to release less insulin. Now, even though it has a lower glycemic index, that fructose is in your system and it causes... So why do they tell people who have a disease that can kill them if they eat too much of the wrong thing that this is something they should eat? Yeah. What happens is your blood sugar remain elevated. They don't they don't go down because you're not producing the the insulin and it that can really damage the tissues in your in your body. Uh this is only applicable to people who are switching sweeteners for the long term. Okay. So I'm you gonna... one cook one chip which you're okay. You're okay. Everything in moderation is fine. 
Although I wouldn't say that these cook, these <laughs> these chip witches had any moderation to them. No, whatsoever. it was a big dessert. It was. If you're using if you're using agave syrup or nectar in lieu of sugar every day, here here these are some problems that could happen. You could get a fatty liver disease. Uh, so let's just not. Just don't, people. Just don't. You're right. Don't do that. Fructose lowers leptin levels in the bodies, causing you to eat more. Leptin's the hormone that tells your body you're 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 hungry mm. when your stomach, and and when your stomach is full, it it, it you get lower you leptin get, you get levels. Ghrelin, right? Oh yeah, I think so. So if it lowers the leptin levels, you're going to think that you're still hungry, and you're going to eat more and more and more, and gain weight. And so, you know, there's a history of cardiovascular disease, insulin resistance, hypertension. There are also studies that say that mice lost weight eating just this. And so, the, you know, the science is still young on agave nectar, but uh, the insulin reaction we know is, is absolutely true. That is so, fully understood, and we don't want to get involved. It's not a sugar substitute for, for diabetics. But it's fascinating to go and look at sugar science and uh, to really read the research that's out there. Don't just read the headlines. Click to see if there Call are... Us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or click to see if there are references to whatever you're reading. Uh, if there aren't references, you might want to dig a little deeper into the science before switching from regular table sugar. The general best practice is just to limit your intake. And to if you're going to eat a whole chipwich today, maybe don't have a piece of cake after dinner later on. Seems like pretty logical. <laughs> Although sometimes some days really hard to do. Oh. Yeah, especially if it's someone's birthday and you're going to get the birthday cake no matter whether you chose to have ice cream for lunch or not. Yeah, yeah. Like we said, this makes seven or eight cookies or more if you make them smaller. And I wouldn't recommend, you know, eating four or five of them in a day. No, my gosh. Oh, my God. Listeners, I'm sitting here like managing how I'm going to finish this podcast while feeling so, you know, all the blood is rushing from my head to my chubby tummy from this <laughs> chip witch, I definitely would not be able to eat more than one. It's a good thing that there's not another one over there because I might reach over and you'd have to say... Keep your paws off my chip witches. That's right. And who knows, next week's cookie may even be better can you imagine? Can we promise that it is not a chocolate chip creation? Or it are we going to have to wean ourselves off of that? <laughs> Slowly <laughs> go to like a chocolate chip peanut butter cookie? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, we are. No. This is the end of chocolate chip cookie month. If you enjoyed this month, you're going to have to wait till next year to have chocolate chip cookie month again. But whatever we do, it's going to be awesome. That's right. We'll see you next week. See you next time. Bye. It's Cookie Lab.